I think there was there was definitely from an observer point of view there was definitely a a curve like there was um there was a lot of initially sort of like things are slightly changing a little bit I think and not quite realizing things are changing or noticing that certain things are not that easy anymore but not really admitting it Mm-hmm. to the then actual getting a diagnosis yeah. um that is already a journey in itself you know to admitting okay something is here yeah. that's different and i need to go to see someone about it mm-hmm. to admit that is a big step you are listening to the she is a vip podcast This is a show created for women living with or caring for someone who is visually impaired. The She is a VIP community is made up of women who believe that their VIP status stretches far beyond their visual impairment. We are a community who understand that we are very important people who hold a very important place in the world and that we have a very important purpose to fulfill. I'm Bambi French. And if you are ready to shine a light on your status as a VIP, download, subscribe and join me each and every week for the encouragement and inspiration you need to help you step into all that you have been created to be. Hi and welcome to this episode of the She is a VIP podcast. I'm Bambi French, your host, and in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Hannah, who is the founder of Heru Yoga for the Blind. Um, I think this episode is going to be quite, is quite timely episode. Um, we have, at least in the UK, we have just about completing um, the first half of the autumn term. Um, it's been... Uh, quite a long eight weeks for some of us um and I think with all the disruption and everything that we had um in the we've had in the last sort of 18 months um it has been uh difficult in in some respects to find that new normal to find that balance um to manage still with the evident difficulties that there are and yet find a way to remain consistent and to just yeah develop ourselves um and the people that we care for so yeah wherever you find yourself this week um whether you have the half term break or not um i'm hoping that today's episode will be of benefit to you So before we get into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about Hannah. Hannah is the founder and the voice behind Heru Yoga for the Blind, a yoga podcast making yoga accessible to those with visual impairments. She is an international dance and yoga teacher who works across the UK and Germany. Hannah holds a BA in dance pedagogy, a Master of Fine Arts with merit in choreography, as well as a 300-hour accreditation in Hath- as a Hatha Yoga teacher, Yoga Alliance certified, and Anusara Elements teacher. Her classes, whether online or in-person, foster a sense of creativity, 
aimed to empower students to try something new, have fun in their practice and leave with a sense of achievement. Always with the focus on creating a safe space for movement and exploration and healthy alignment. Let's get into this week's episode. Hi Hannah, welcome to the She is a VIP podcast. How are you? I am very well. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, it's great to it's great to finally get to, <laughs> I get know. to have a conversation. We've been planning it for a long time. It feels like anyway. That's, That's true. Summer. We've we've been trying to get together, but you know, time and life and everything that happens in between, you know, we just have to try and sync these calendars in the best way we can. So we are here. We're here we've today. Made it. <laughs> we've made it. And it's good to see you because you are you're one of my Instagram friends I would say you're one of my Instagram friends but I think when we meet people on Instagram we don't necessarily know who they are or you know we just kind of see what they do and it links to what we're doing and we follow but we don't really get to kind of you know know who that person is behind the profile if you like so it's nice to see you in person today and yeah I'm looking forward to having a good conversation with you I'm sure the listeners are too. So just before we kind of get into our conversation, do you want to just tell us about you, who you are, what you do, and all just all the things or everything about you? Everything. <laughs> all, all the things, of all course. <laughs> um, so yeah, as you said, my name is Hannah. Um, I am um, a yoga teacher, a dance teacher, and a performer. Um, but I'm also the founder of Heru Yoga for the Blind, and I think that's how we connected initially. Yeah, yeah. is through that project of mine, which is also a podcast, um, slightly different to what you are doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we connected, and that's that's what I'm about. It's about yoga, dance, creativity, and using that to empower others. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That is that is really good. And and yeah, I'm looking at lots of different things that um, are out there for the visually impaired and the blind to be able to do. Obviously, that's that's what I do with She is a VIP, you know, working with women who are visually impaired or blind and just finding ways that they can kind of increase their um, just their whole life experience, because um, you know, I mean, visual, visual impairment and blindness, yes, is one of the many difficulties and disabilities that you can that you can experience in your life. And I myself am visually impaired and have gone through kind of gone through life thinking, well, how can I up level, um, you know, different areas of my life? And but in a way that meets my needs, because, you know, being visually impaired, you need extra extra support so how did you get involved in working with um doing you know creating yoga for the blind is that Mm -hmm. something always done or is it a new thing let us tell us a bit about that so it's a fairly new project in itself um as a practitioner whether in dance or in yoga i have worked with the community and in the inclusive setting for quite some time Um, the yoga for the blind um comes a little bit from personal experience as in um my dad was diagnosed 15 years ago uh, with a rare eye condition and is now legally blind and so i have a little bit more first-hand experience not first-hand but second-hand experience as to 
what their journey is from the diagnosis mm -hmm. and to actually losing your eyesight mm -hmm. and um yeah seeing seeing that and what that does to a person and you know the grieving process that comes yeah. with that mm -hmm. and um I've been a yoga teacher for over three years now, and I always wanted to use yoga also in a way where it brings it back to the community, because I feel like yoga has sort of moved away a little bit or what people think yoga might be, because it's a yeah. very stereotypical um, depiction of it these days. When you go onto the Instagram, you see a very specific thing. And actually when I go and practice, that's not what it is. You know, there's, okay. there's a community around that, um, yeah. that is very different. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was really important to bring it back to the community. And obviously having someone who's visually impaired in my family mm -hmm. then sort of made it a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but it was sort of like a, a logical sort of conclusion to look at, okay, what's there? for people with visual impairments when it comes to yoga and even dance at the moment, I'm focusing on yoga. Yeah. Um, but what, what is there and how can we like, how can we make it more accessible to yeah. people with visual impairments? And I started a mentoring program with my yoga teacher a, a year, uh, over a year ago, two years ago, just before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And my goal for that mentoring program was like, okay, I want to develop, a class or a project for people with visual impairments, but I feel like I need a little bit more knowledge still about how how can I make my yoga classes more inclusive? Mm -hmm. And um, and then the pandemic hit and the mentoring was going on and my teacher has been very supportive about this idea. It's like, I still want you to do it, even though it might be in a different format because initially it was supposed to be a yoga class that actually happens somewhere yeah. Um, and then, yeah, at the beginning of the year, this year, 2021, I decided, okay, I've got to make this happen somehow. And I started looking, you know, what's, what's there, what's, what's online and there is stuff on, online. Mm -hmm. Um, but I felt there was something missing. And, um, so I came up with this idea of, of having a podcast mm -hmm. format for yoga classes, which are accessible and so they're fairly short they're like 30 minutes roughly mm -hmm. um and that are weekly uploaded with a theme mm -hmm. and um yeah so that people with visual impairments can do the class and have like somewhere where they can tune in and are not dependent on a video or a zoom call or um so yeah that's that's how it started yeah that's amazing yeah it's something that is you kind of have to, all of these things that we're, we're creating, we, they come out of our own experiences, don't we? And, and yeah. even though you, it's not you yourself who is the visually impaired person, it was your dad, but watching that process that he went, that he went through has enabled you to kind of use the skills that you've all, you, you know, that you've been learning for, from a very early age to then adapt them to how can it be more accessible for, for someone with a visual impairment? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that is that is really good. And actually, seeing seeing the gap as well, because you 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 said about you know you looking about what what is out there, what is there for visually impaired, and you and you find things, but there's not necessarily 
um and it's not to say that those things aren't good that already exist mm. yeah but you kind of put your own spin on spin on it as well you know that yeah. you found a different way of um of of delivering that that content you know there's there are more than likely you know I, I mean I haven't researched maybe you have done a little bit more research yeah. there are the yoga teachers who are teaching uh the blind but you just bring your you know the own your own um yeah your own kind of take take on the whole thing I just yeah. want to go back to what you said about when your dad was diagnosed and that was about 15 years ago and his um well the journey from diagnosis because that's something that I I'm you know that I'm thinking about and that I that I think about a lot my from my my journey from diagnosis to actually trying to figure out okay which what do I do now mm. how does how did that um I suppose yeah what did you how did you see that affect your your dad but also you as someone who you know would provide some level of care to your dad I suppose you know to, and support to him mm. what did that journey looked like Ooh, that's that's a good question um I would say it is really, you know, when you're looking at the the five stages of grief, you can mm -hmm. definitely see it there. I think, mm -hmm. um, I think if you're coming, if you're not born with a disability, mm -hmm. I think there is something about um, a sense of loss of mm -hmm. some form or shape, mm -hmm. or maybe something of coming to terms with that things are changing mm -hmm. um, or that maybe you have to adapt the way that you were doing things in a specific way. Um, and so I think there was, there was definitely from an observer point of view, there was definitely a, a curve. Like there was, um, there was a lot of, initially sort of like things are slightly changing a little bit i think and not quite realizing things are changing or noticing that certain things are not that easy anymore but not really admitting it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the then actual getting a diagnosis yeah. um that is already a journey in itself you know mm -hmm. to admitting okay something is here yeah. that's different and i need to go to see someone about it Mm -hmm. to admit that is a big step yeah. um and it was quite challenging for him i believe um we never really talked about it mm -hmm. um but from what i observed um i could see that there was a very active very outgoing man who has a lot of hobbies that were very dependent on his vision, vision initially yeah. mm -hmm. um just sort of like that chipping away at him so he became like there was a phase where it definitely was very very difficult for him and it was a bit of a shell of the person i would say mm -hmm. um but luckily i have to say my dad is incredibly resilient mm -hmm. and i'd say there were a few rough years yeah. and sure there's still rough patches because it's still you know there's still a decline in in the symptoms or like they're picking up yeah um but it was very beautiful to see at one point when he was like, okay, so now what am I going to do with this? So like, I can see, sit here and wallow and be yeah. upset about it, mm -hmm. but what's that going to do? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. so he, you know, he became a little bit more open about the challenges that he had. He became a little bit more open about asking for help if he needed to. Um, he's very independent. Again, there was a time where he 
I thought, I think he didn't feel like he could be that independent, but he's actually really independent mm -hmm. nowadays um, and really made it work. And I think for me as a daughter, it was, it was tricky because there were like certain things in during the time of the diagnosis. I remember when it was sort of like getting quite tricky, I had a big performance for my, my final year in university. Yeah. And um, I was really worried whether he could actually come and see it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, I, I want him to see this. You want your dad to come and see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was there and there's like a, a, there's a little lovely anecdote about that particular performance because it was, it was like, I have a degree, a master's degree in choreography and performance and I did a solo and it was a very mm -hmm. vulnerable solo. Yeah. Um, and um, usually in theatres you don't film, right? Mm -hmm. You sit in the black box and you don't film. Yeah, yeah. And I remember performing thinking, who is that dude filming this thing? This is so annoying. Like we've said it before. Um, and then later on I realized it was my dad using yeah. the retina iPad because oh, he could wow. actually see through the retina yeah. iPad a lot better than in real life. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now nowadays you know like there's things where you can joke a little bit more about it i still wave at him when i see him at the street yeah you know it's like there's certain things that just don't change yeah um and i was like oh yeah of course you can't see this or yeah. i would say like look there I was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> can't see it yeah. um but yeah so you know we've gotten to a point now where where we can joke about it or making light of it a little bit um always in a respectful manner, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But this is also the kind of way of how we deal with things is to kind yeah. of like, in order to take a little bit the edge of, yeah, like yeah. you can't take life too seriously. Exactly. And you, and you need that sometimes. And a lot of what you're saying about his, you know, the journey that he's, he's been on and you, and you as, you know, from that point of diagnosis really does mirror I suppose even even mine even my journey where you know you go through that stage of this isn't happening to me I'm not going to acknowledge this um I was I was 15 at the time so I remember mm -hmm. just being um very very angry about it and very um, yeah I was dismissive of the help that was that I was being given you know I wasn't I wasn't very nice to my support teachers but that was because I didn't want I didn't want to be seen as different. I didn't want to have this thing that was going to affect, you know, the rest of my life and, and all of the things that I planned to do, you know, at that point, I didn't know whether they were actually going to ever happen because of this diagnosis. So yeah, I kind of get those, those cycles, the stages of grief that you go through when you, when you receive a diagnosis and, you know, you talk about the point of actually going for the diagnosis of finding out what's wrong and then what I've what I've found in especially my work with um children with special needs and working mm. with the families it's it's like what happens what do you do with that when you when you find out because you can spend all your energy and time and everything getting to the point and you know what's wrong and then you you then have to kind of find an, a new way and what I really like about what you're doing is that yoga is 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 a practice that is very mindful 
-hmm. So it's kind of one of the things that you can plug in when you've when you've received a diagnosis of any of any kind. You know, we're talking mainly about visual impairment and blindness, yeah. but if anything, that it is something that you know I I do from time to time, and I and I will practice, and it is it is a very mindful thing and can help you on that journey to finding you know a new direction for your life and a new purpose you know a new purpose um do you find that then with the yoga for the blind how how is that how has that gone and what are people what are people saying to you about how they're interacting with it and what they're getting from it mm -hmm. um so i was really surprised um that it picked up the way it picked up mm -hmm. um because i didn't really make a big fuss about it when I put it out it was very sort of like low-key under yeah. the radar yeah. um just to kind of get it out and yeah. I sent it to a few people that I knew could try it out again I sent it to my dad and said like how's the audio how does yeah. it, you know like I need some feedback on this mm -hmm. um and then it's it sort of like did it's did its little thing and was sort of like starting to pick up and it's it's two i have two podcasts actually so one is in it's the same it's the same class but one is in english and one is in german mm -hmm. um i'm a german by by nature by nature by birth. um so so i have the ability to teach in in two languages mm -hmm. and so i have created two podcasts um and it's I was really surprised how quickly people found the podcast and I've had really lovely messages from organizations and from individuals and it's not not only visually impaired mm -hmm. people who are practicing it, which is also something obviously that I'm open for. I make it very clear you can practice. Whoever wants to practice can practice it. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, I design it for people with visually visual impairments in mm -hmm. mind. Um, but I had people who said like, they're very sensitive to overstimulation and they find it really, you know, calming and they find yeah. it really sort of like, okay, I can actually unplug and I don't need to, I don't need to look at a screen. Yeah. Um, I've had people saying that they really enjoy that they're like, you know, 30 minutes so they can, you know, just tap in and, you know, do a 30 minute practice. Mm -hmm. There's usually a theme to it as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, you don't have to do the practice if you're like, oh, I'm not up to like doing like big heart openers or, yeah. you know, like, yeah. or maybe I don't feel quite ready yet to do the balancing and the standing and stuff, which I know mm -hmm. can sometimes be a bit tricky and, um, so yeah, I have like I like I can see the numbers creeping up, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, and I see people are doing it, and it's yeah, it's it's kind of this weird thing, and I'm sure you're you can can empathize with that. It's like you're creating something and you put it out in the world, and then people listen to it and. Yeah. You hope, you know, they hope you hope their res it resonates with them and it helps them um, because it's quite new. It's like only three months old, this podcast, a little bit, well, maybe four months. Thank you. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you might have started nearly about the same time she's a VIP started. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like around April. April, April, May time, yeah. Something around that. And we took a break for the summer because, as you know, I've moved house. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but I'm planning and scripting for new classes as we speak. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And, you know, I was, I was, I have to say, I was really nervous about it when I put it, put it out. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm a person of vision. And um, so it was really important for me to kind of make sure that, that the needs are met. Yeah. So for me, it's also really important to get feedback to kind of like, yeah, this really works. This doesn't yeah. work. Or maybe yeah. don't say this or, mm -hmm. you know, and it's about nuance as well. Like speaking in English, there's a terminology in English. There's a different terminology in German. Yeah. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're you're doing it right. So initially I was like, Michael, I hope I'm saying the right thing. <laughs> All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then my partner was really like, you got to you got to just get it out. Mm -hmm. Got to get it out. And that's what I did. And yeah. now it's sort of like picking up, which is great. I just yeah. love, I, I love what I, what I really truly want to do with that is to give people the opportunity to practice mm -hmm. and feel like if they were to go to a yoga class somewhere and the teacher has no idea what to do with them because they yeah. come with a visual impairment that yeah. they can actually still step on the mat with mm -hmm. confidence and say like don't worry mm -hmm. you know i know what i'm doing i know what i'm doing yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. if i it, like you know because there's contraindications that you need to be aware of and stuff mm -hmm. depending on what your condition is yeah um and sometimes as a teacher it can be quite overwhelming as well if you have people coming to your class with different conditions and you might not be aware of what the contraindications are and what you need to be you know mindful of yeah. um because you can't know everything can't you time. can't and, yeah and it is difficult i think for like you say for people who are walking into a yoga class that is just that they just the teacher will teach in the way that they know how and they're not doing anything wrong by by doing that but the access that a, a visually impaired person will need to be able to see what's going on and how you do that exact movement I mean even you know I was talking to you about even using YouTube at home on your TV screen can even be an issue as well when I've when I've done things it's like well she's I can hear her saying this but then she's showing she's showing as well so the, the description is not deep enough for me not to have to look at the screen and so I'm it, you your practice is kind of interrupted in 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 some way and I I've spoken about and I've you know in I think around episode 17 I was talking about my experience of CrossFit that's mm -hmm. what I do at the moment in terms of my my physical fitness and how the difficulties that come with that there's not you know it's it's there are things like being able to see the rowing the screen for the you mm -hmm. know how far you're rowing or you're cycling and, and things like that and knowing you know where things are and how how to work things around the gym um but yeah just being able to give I suppose what you're doing is giving the visually impaired person that you're empowering them. You're giving them that confidence. So then you're not relying on the instructor knowing everything. And we can just walk into any yoga studio and say, right, I know what to do because I've listened to Eru Yoga for the Blind and I know yeah. what, you know, I know, I know what I'm doing. And, you know, it's just nice to listen to, even if you're not practicing, I'll just lie down and listen to your <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> if you can't be bothered to do the yoga, just just put the podcast on and listen. Yeah, that's fine very, too. Very <laughs> I'm glad I have one of those voices. Yeah, you absolutely, absolutely do. So, yeah, so I suppose that the conversation is around 
inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you said that you're you're a sighted person who's making things for for the visually impaired, and you, and you don't know what the. T- it's funny you, you say that because I'm I'm visually impaired, but I have sight, and mm-hmm. I often feel a bit like, oh, I can see too much to be able to help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's, it's a funny thing. It's a weird thing. It's you yeah. Know, there's nothing, but there's nothing to say that a sighted person can't teach blind people. <laughs> there's nothing to say that a visually impaired person can't teach sighted people. It's just you know, it's probably just one of the hangups that we that we have. Yeah. But around you know, it, the the idea is, I suppose, about um, inclusion. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about this as well, and whether yeah. we like that word or not. <laughs> let's. Let's yeah. kind of look into that a little bit. So what your work does is mm-hmm. it, includes, it does include or allows people with a visual impairment to be included in the practice of yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk to us a little bit about what your idea of, of inclusion and, and what it actually means. Yeah, so... We talked about this earlier when we spoke yeah. very briefly uh, about the terminology of that. And yeah. I'm not quite sure where I stand in, like I always say, like I work in the inclusive sector, mm-hmm. whether that's dance or yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about the actual word because mm-hmm. it feels like it does something where you invite someone to the table to take part, but you are as an abled person, I make this possible. And I'm not quite sure whether that's how I would like inclusion to be. Yeah. Um, for me, inclusion is a give and take. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I'm an abled bodied person. Um, I come from a fairly privileged background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like there is something about working in the inclusive setting where I learn equally as much as I teach from the people around me. And um, I feel like if we're talking about people with visual impairment, for example, there is something about just because you don't have vision doesn't mean that you don't have vision. Um, And there, there's, Sure, there might be this impairment there, mm-hmm. um, but there are other things, you know, like there's when I talk, for example, about my dad, there's something that I've noticed in his development mm-hmm. as in like, and it's like his hearing, for example, has picked up so much better. Yeah. And yeah, sure, his balance is a little bit off, mm-hmm. but there's also a different embodiment about what touch does. So, you know, like how he engages with material around him Mm -hmm. and which is something that, for example, as a person with vision Mm -hmm. um, um, is sort of like something that I feel often we don't really use and utilize that Mm -hmm. because we're so reliant on that one sense. There is something about that you can learn from one another how to to be you know, in your day to day and how to use your senses in a different way. So I always find inclusion hence a little bit tricky because I feel like the way that it has become Mm -hmm. or how it sort of works in real life is that it's more a, 
we are here and we're inviting others in to be yeah. included rather yeah. than okay we're all here what can yeah. we learn from one another because i yeah. think that's what inclusion really should be absolutely yeah and fair enough if i'm stepping in as a teacher i step in in as a teacher and i'm yeah. like holding the space for yeah. learning and facilitating learning mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but equally that doesn't mean that i can not step into another space and be a student you yeah. know and exactly. so yeah so i think that's where i sit with inclusion it's a it's a i haven't quite made my mind up yet about how i it's it's the word it's the word that we use don't it yeah don't, and and for me as well i am in inclusive education yeah you know i i coordinate the special needs for the children you know who have additional needs in in the school that i work in and yeah i think I'm thinking along the same lines as you. Actually, when I started, I thought inclusion, great. All of these children who have these additional needs, have these disabilities, you know, have, you know, need help mm -hmm. will start to be included or feel included in what is and what is going on, you know, as part of the as part of the school life. And I'm and as much as that has happened, it's it's still as though they are a separate group. Yeah they're a separate group you know they're separated from the children who can run jump read write all the things and the children who who can't do that and there's a massive emphasis on how do we how do we help them do what we're doing mm -hmm. you no know? how do we help them do what everyone well why why should they <laughs> for yeah. a start why should they do what everyone else is is doing because it's written in law and they have to you know and we always you know we're always bumping heads because you know mm. they're not they can't they can't wear the uniform in the way that that everyone else can because of sensory needs they can't you know they can't do things as quickly as other other children mm. and i think everything's well-meaning yeah yeah, yeah. like you say the inclus the, the the idea of inclusion means that you are you're letting them in saying oh well we've got this and you can come yeah and like we can but we can learn so much from from those people who are different from us you know yeah. whether that's disability whether that's race age gender all the things you know it's just let's just all be let's just we're together and we'll figure we'll figure this out yeah you know? yeah 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 i like that i like the idea of not thinking about inclusion in the way that we've always that we've always thought about a thought yeah. about I think that's really that is really important yeah because I think it should be really like a you know you can see it with kids right you can see mm -hmm. it with kids you work with them if you like you can see these beautiful interactions where maybe a child that isn't reliant on a wheelchair, you know, uh, wants to play on the wheelchair because yeah. it's cool, yeah. you know, yeah. like, it, so it's, it's not being seen necessarily as a hindrance or as something that's, oh, that's other, but it's just like, okay, this kid over there has a wheelchair, this cat doesn't. And they, yeah. you know, like they play around that and with the item that they're using to be supported so you can see you can see children doing it and not having this like necessarily and you know not helping one another it's, it yeah. doesn't always have to be like okay i am helping the person with yeah. a disability like the person with a disability can also help me exactly you know yeah. so it's yeah. i think it's that's 
that's where I'm kind of like, I feel like with the word, sometimes it's still stuck a little bit in this. Okay, we're here, we're, we're the abled posse or however you want to call it. And we invite everyone else in to be here in this space. But why can we not make a space that's just inclusive? Why do we have to bring everyone in our abled bodied space? Yeah. Why can we not make a space that's accommodating abled and disabled bodies? Mm-hmm. You know, for example, why do we have to have staircases? Can we not have ramps? Yeah. You know, we can all yeah. use ramps. We'll co- yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a stupid little example. And it obviously it's not that easy as that, but yeah. yeah. You know, but the, the new spaces that are being created is it, to, to think outside the box in that way and just think actually no staircases, ramps. Yeah. That would, that would work. You know, that would have saved me a lot of time actually this week because I've had to, I've had to design a personal evacuation plan for one of my one of my students who will, would not be able to get from the second floor out in a fire you know so I've had to think oh, about God, yeah. all different the things and actually yeah if we just had ramps it would be easy yeah to, yeah um, down the ramp you know the same as any other child who who needed that support or any other adult for that for that matter yeah so it is it is um maybe in the, you know in the future yeah if we just keep if we just keep going and, and just keep you know sort of <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that things will change if we all just put our little bit out into the world I think yeah we'll, we'll create we will we will create change yeah so how do you um how do you think that yoga the practice mm-hmm. of yoga would would support the the personal development the physical development mm-hmm. of specifically someone with a visual impairment how do you how do you see that working I know the podcast hasn't been the project hasn't been going for very long the podcast mm-hmm. hasn't been going for very long but you know how do you see that working in the in the future well I think with the yoga it really like it really lends itself like to a person with visual impairments mm-hmm. um because it is a very intrinsic practice sure it's a like yoga actually is not just a physical practice it has more limbs than that there's a philosophy behind it there is like the way how you how you live your life like the meditation the pranayama the breath work Mm -hmm. so you have different aspects and you know like the moral compass of how you interact with the world um so there's these different aspects that you can explore and only one aspect is the physical asana practice so the postural Mm -hmm. practice um but a lot of times you know when you're stepping on the mat, for me personally, it's sort of about making sense about what's going on. Mm. Like, you know, like you can see that like, okay, something's happening in my body here mm. and this doesn't feel so nice or that great. But, you know, like mm. I, I think with the yoga, it really brings together movement and mindfulness mm. and it brings it together mm. in your body. So it's not not just a physical practice and it's not just a spiritual practice i don't really like the word spiritual but you know like it's 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 not just either or yeah it brings it together in your body so and you can there's so many different styles of yoga too so obviously i teach teach one specific style which is hatha vinyasa um slow flow But, and that being said, you know, like it's a very sort of like basic sort of style so that then you can, could explore it if you wanted to. Um, But there's really something beautiful about moving with intent 
and moving with your breath mm. and tuning into into what's happening with your with your in, in your internal landscape whether that's physical or emotional mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't actually notice until we step onto the mat yeah and i most certainly had moments like this where i roll my mat out and i step on it and i was like oh my god <laughs> what's going on yeah. i'm totally overwhelmed with mm-hmm. the state of the world the state of my life at the mm-hmm. moment and then you're like okay this is really overwhelming mm-hmm. and you just start breathing and maybe that's your practice rolling out the mat stepping onto it and breathe mm-hmm. and not move mm-hmm. and maybe then you have the urge to move mm-hmm. and to kind of you know so it's like i think i managed to like as a dancer i came into yoga with a lot of injuries and a lot of physical stuff going yeah. on yeah. um and like yoga really helped to kind of make sense for me. Um, and I think for people with visual impairments, what is there is like, there's already, um, how do I explain that? So I feel like there is already a hyper awareness of space because you have to have a hyper awareness of space. Yeah but also a lack of awareness of space at the Mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's the same when it comes to the body from what I see when I, you know, interact with people with visual impairments is that there is a deeper knowledge of the body, but also still a disconnect. Mm -hmm. And I feel with the yoga, if you're really working with your breath and you're really working with the movement, it will really help to kind of connect and bringing those connections together, like yeah. not being so discombobulated. Also, it's mm-hmm. the, the modern lifestyle, right? Yeah. yeah. Is we're in our head. We're in our head. When are yeah. we in our body? Mm-hmm. And my partner always says, and I quite like the, the, the quote, I paraphrase, but it's something along those lines. Our brain is, is dumb. Our body is intelligent. And it's yeah. sort of like, you know, our brain is this hyper-developed, amazing thing. Yeah but we've we've got to learn to listen to our bodies again as well because there's so much wisdom in the bodies and what we're carrying with us Mm -hmm. and slowing down and moving with intention i feel can really do that Mm -hmm. and i feel because there has been such a lack of of offering for people with visual impairment Mm -hmm. like i felt like there was something that, that they're missing out on yeah. Something that I feel is so perfectly designed mm-hmm. for someone with visual impairments because it is about detaching from the visuals. You know, if you're going into a yoga studio, there's usually no mirrors. Yeah. Because it's about, you know, sure, there's health, healthy alignment, whatever that means. I put yeah. that in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like it's everybody is different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you're, it's taking you out if you're looking at a mirror. Like you want to be, you know, in, tuning yeah. in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think it will really help with certain things. And I, I, I know that there's, you know, there's an issue with balance, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and I've spoken to people who are um, blind from birth, where things are different to someone who's later diagnosed, and there's a different body awareness. Yeah. Um, 
and also different imagery that you can use. So I, I try not to use a lot of imagery mm -hmm. as I describe the stuff, mm -hmm. like use your arms like a bird or something. Yeah, because yeah, because like, if you've if you've been, I mean, that's a stupid example, but well, you know, like there are certain things like if you've never seen exactly, something, but, how would yeah. you know? So yeah. I try to describe the movement more in detail before I use a metaphor. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like there is, yeah, I, I think there's so much in there, in the practice in general already. Mm -hmm. And I feel the way it has taught mostly so far, or is that, yes, it tries to be removed from the visual and that you can really, you know, and if you're having more advanced practitioners, you can see it or teachers who are really good in their cueing, you can see that they don't have to demonstrate mm -hmm. and people get what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's a lack there, like there's, you know, and I feel like, yeah, that's why, what I'm passionate about is about like, yeah. okay, how can we, how can we make this a little bit more accessible? Yeah. yeah yeah so that yeah. more people can get access to it yeah exactly and that and like you say it's it is about it's about developing the person from within i think that's what you that's what yeah. you're trying to say is like you know you can feel very disconnected i i often say that i wish that my well i wish you know maybe one day that my podcast will be in the ears of someone who's just getting the diagnosis like immediately and I think that the next thing needs to be your, <laughs> your podcast. step on oh. a mat just step on yeah the just step on the mat and even yeah. if you just take one breath you exactly. know because you do you you do at that point feel disconnected you know I walked yeah. into the I walked into the hospital being able to see or not knowing really what was going on and then I walk out and they're telling me you're not going to be able to see yeah <laughs> and you do Probably, yeah. like feel disconnected yeah from your sight but then also everything else that's happening and emotion is is yeah in your head but also and then it comes out doesn't it in different ways in your body you feel yeah. pain, you feel stress you feel I mean you know stress in in your shoulders everything tightens up so yeah I can I can see how the yoga for the blind would but it does help with that because you re you reconnect. You are kind of forced in a way, unless you actually don't want to and you're not practicing properly, you are forced to reconnect with all of you and embrace all of you, even if your your eyes don't work very well, to still yeah. you know understand that yeah you you have you have sight like you say, but in a different way. You know you connect with yeah. your vision, connect with the the unseen. You know, yeah. to the to the naked eye, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Super important. Yeah, yeah. So as part of you know the 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 process that I use, I now talk about you know the the whole vision centered process. I always focus on vision rather than what can be seen. Yeah. Which is said as well is like you know looking at the different areas and one of those areas is strengthening our physical um our physical kind of you know being and our development and we can do that through different ways and yoga is 
is a way that you can because I noticed you you have to be pretty strong to do to do you know you oh you get stronger you definitely yeah. get stronger when you when you practice yoga but then it filters into so many different different parts and of our lives and we always say oh physical exercise you know helps you with your you know helps your mental health helps your overall well-being um but it doesn't I don't think you can ever get tired of saying that that and people always need to be reminded of that and just because you have a disability it doesn't mean that you shouldn't engage in in that physical activity um yeah we've got to find the ways in which we can be included and you see lots of dis- disability sports going on and we've just had the Paralympics and you see a lot of that going on but it's finding a space that you can kind of as your as your entry point and yeah. it's really important to do because it's very easy to just sit back and say well I can't do that so I'm not I think it's it. also what you're saying you know like the Paralympics it's amazing but that's like those are some high achieving athletes you know yeah. like so that's like of course that's amazing what yeah. these guys are doing mm-hmm. but they have you know they have the coaches and all of that you know mm-hmm. and they've and someone who's just starting out you know like that's a different kind of thing too yeah. you know yeah. like like i feel like that's the representation a lot of times mm-hmm. it's like you the representation of disability in the mainstream is mainly like when it comes to sports is paralympics which i don't want to take away from because that's amazing i know absolutely yeah but you know like like where's the community sports Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean that where's that represented yeah yeah. for those who are starting out like if you've never done any sports you know and all of a sudden you know it's like you you see these amazing art like athletes how are you going to connect with that yeah. you know just because you may have the same disability doesn't mean that you, that you should also be able to do that exactly. you know exactly. you look at so, yeah you kind of hear about them and look at them and think well should i should i be doing that yeah yeah <laughs> must i be doing this yeah, yeah. Uh, no, and, you know and it might not suit you yeah but it's, exactly but we are yeah like 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 you said building that confidence just to go to to look up your local yoga studio or find out and say can I you know I actually I can go I can yeah. go and do do that or I can go and do CrossFit if it's CrossFit or I can yeah. go, and go join you know whatever club but it's finding the way that we can build the confidence for that visually impaired blind person and say this is open to you yeah you know? and you don't have to feel like someone has to include you that you can actually build the skills and the confidence to go and say yeah you I- can include yourself oh is that uh, absolutely you know and absolutely. i i think that's what that was my point with yeah. like the inclusion it's like yeah. like we gotta i feel like there needs to be a place where it's like it's not just about inviting to be included but uh, mm-hmm. also like mm-hmm. i'm gonna include myself in this yeah and yeah. i have a right to be here yeah you know? exactly <laughs> exactly and increase yeah increase independence you're always going to need help yeah I, of course yeah uh, i'll go back to my you know the, the, when i when i'm talking about the the rowing the rowing machine i've always i i can't see the the the, the display on the rowing yeah. machine. so i when we have to row say 500 meters or we have to do a certain number of calories, I need someone to tell me what's going on on the screen. Mm-hmm. So I've had that, you know, for the last 18 months, two years since I've been doing this kind of sport. And that's great that you can get that help. Um, but 
I know that for me, I never knew where I was, you know, because because I didn't know how fast I was going. I didn't know where I was up to. You know, I'm getting tired and I've still got 200 meters to go. I don't know that. I, yeah. I feel like I might have another 400 and I'm exhausted. So I don't know where where I am. So it was finding a way of of of. I suppose increasing my independence and knowing where I was so I you know did some research asked people and found a, a speaking kind of um something that tells me basically mm -hmm. where I'm at and that's what I'm practicing using now because it's not that I don't value the help that's being given but at the same but I needed to increase my independence and my knowledge of where I was at yeah yeah in myself so I've got my airpods in and i've got this screen on and i still can't see the screen but i can hear now so every yeah. seconds tells me they've done 100 meters you know so i know so i know what's what's coming um and even that relatively small thing has done what that's done for my level of confidence in that space is is really is great you know, and I know I now know the, the pace that I'm at and I know where I am. And I've included myself in yeah. the process. That's what I've done by, by doing Yeah, amazing. That. I haven't said to people, I don't want your help anymore. I don't need your help. I'm still going to need your help. I need help like yeah. figuring out how to even set this thing up. But, I but everyone needs help, help, right? Yeah. Like there's, yeah. you know, if I were to go to a CrossFit class, <laughs> ever in my life. I'm not sure if that happens. Um, I would need some help. Do you know what I mean? Because I, it's new to me. I have no idea what this is. So I would hope that I would get some help from the people around and from the coach. So it's yeah. normal to, to need help. But I really like what you said about like, yeah, you included yourself. But you can feel, but you can feel and, and understanding what it means to walk into somewhere with a disability. You okay, can yeah. feel like you're the only one. Yeah. And you're not, you're not the you're only not, one. Yeah. Like I say, in the last, in the conversation I had with, with my coach, um, she was saying that, you know, everybody has a level of fear and kind of, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, what's what's going on? Everyone mm -hmm. has a barrier, but because you, you know, you know that your what yours is <laughs> and you're kind of looking around and thinking oh just I'm, I'm here and I'm struggling with this and everyone else looks like they're doing great <laughs> you know but internally you don't know you don't know what's going on you don't know what kind of barriers people are people are yeah. facing so you know we talk we talk um, about on this podcast we talk about visually impaired people blind people but actually we're talking about a range of people with a range of different needs seen hmm. or unseen hidden in you know in plain sight that need that support and you know this like this, what you're doing you know somebody who is you know not not wanting to be in in a crowd or not wanting to be in a group of people can can raise their confidence by doing you know the the, the practice that you that you give and like I say you know to just listen to just listen and you might not even want to start anything, but actually just to listen. And then one day, maybe you'll step on the map and the next day you'll do, you know, yeah. some And that's practice. fine. You know, like, it's like, maybe you do half a class. Yeah. Maybe you just do the breathing exercise. Yeah. Maybe you just want to listen to it first and uh, like understand, okay, what, what does she want me to do here? Like mm -hmm. I, 
I I remember when putting out like the last episode of the actual classes is a stand-in sequence with balances, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, whoo, we're going <laughs> in. <Yeah. laughs> this yeah. is going to be the one. Mm-hmm. And so far, this seems to be like the most played episode. Yeah. And I thought initially it's like, ooh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a balanced pose, like it's balancing and balancing, to be honest, whether mm-hmm. people are visually impaired or they're not. Mm-hmm. Balance seems to be the the pose or those poses on one leg where people who are new to yoga find it the most daunting. Yeah. Apart from handstands and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But standing on one leg seems to be the one thing that everyone, whether seeing or non-seeing, finds yeah. scary yeah. Um, or challenging, tricky. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, it was, it was very interesting to then see all of a sudden that became like the the episode that is the most listened to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I could also see that people maybe, you know, want to listen. Okay, it says in the description, it's supported standing balances. Let me listen to this first. Let me see what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is fine, you know, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. which, is, which is fine to listen to it first and say, okay, okay, I think I can do this, or maybe I can do half of it, or maybe I skip this bit. And, you know, to slowly build your build yourself up, build your your knowledge up, build your, um, your confidence up mm-hmm. in your own timing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can pause me at any point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can do that in a class. People listening, they're sighted or, or, or not, will be thinking, well, you can, you can just turn YouTube on and do, you can. You absolutely yeah. can, and there's, you know, there's plenty of places that, you know, we'll 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 be touching on things that I that I talk about around this whole per- developing yourself as a person, but to be very specific for someone who is a visual who is visually impaired may have some sight like I do or, mm. or none at all. You're not you you are very much in their ears, and it's yeah. just. Their- and it's just them and you, but they're not even they're not even looking at you doing the the work. So they're nothing to compare themselves to. So they're literally, you yeah. know, like it's just me. So if I don't do this balance pose where I'm not looking to my left or my right or thinking, is that person doing it better than me? Or is that person on the screen even? You know, you can mm. still pause the people on YouTube, but when you what when you look at some of the YouTube videos, I and I look and I think, oh, I don't even know how she's doing that. Will I be able to do it? It's it's just you know you can you can kind of go as slow as you want and yeah. build the 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 practice as you as you want to and you haven't got someone saying oh no you haven't done that quite right or you haven't done this yeah. just just follow the instructions and do what you need to do yeah. yeah and find your way of doing it you know like I always try to to put different variations in there as well so if someone wants a little bit more they can do a little bit more if someone's happy where they are they can do they can stay there yeah obviously you know like sometimes it's about like things I was thinking when I started it about like okay when I'm saying stand hip width um hip width apart parallel you know Mm. how exact does it need to be it doesn't you know like it's not about you know I always say place your hands roughly here and there you know like sometimes it's about like where do you line it up with the mat yeah you know if if it's not quite a hundred percent lined up then it's not do you know it's 
it's not the end of the world exactly. as long as you keep moving as long as the, you're not hurting yourself if, if a position doesn't feel right then yeah. you know you have the autonomy to say this doesn't feel right so you know obviously if we were into an actual class then you could have the dialogue with me and say like this doesn't feel right yes. you yeah. know yeah um which obviously the podcast has its limits there yeah. um but you know like there's also something about taking taking ownership and taking control over your own body as you practice through my guidance and i think i'm very i'd like to teach very clear in the instructions mm -hmm. but if something doesn't feel right in your body mm -hmm. and it hurts you you know sometimes discomfort is okay because you might stretch somewhere where yeah. it feels a but pain we don't need to do that you know like it's about really nurturing your body and if your body needs a child's pose and a little bit of a rest you take that child's That's pose. absolute favorite pose I'm, I'm <laughs> mine too <laughs> i would live in that. <laughs> i would absolutely live in that live in that pose oh I you do that child's that. pose <laughs> exactly taking ownership and and responsibility yeah is 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 just is really something that, that actually sums this whole conversation up and everything that I'm that I'm wanting people to, to understand. It is about taking ownership and control. You need, yes, you need help. Yeah. Yes, you need the support, you know, you know, at different points. But actually, we as the visually impaired community, as the blind community, we have to take that ownership because nobody, nobody's going to do that for us. If we, you know, are diagnosed or you know mm. even from birth I suppose and we get into a cycle of who's going to help me now no one's doing this for me how can I you know I can't do this because they haven't done this for me it's you know there there is so much within us all mm. you know whether sighted or not that we can do but we have to find those things and like you say it's about taking ownership and responsibility for for what for our for our lives yeah and then you know passing that on and then paying that paying that forward and saying yeah. well I've, I've learned this so you know let me help you along yeah. the way yeah it's such a it's such a great it's a great thing yeah so yeah yoga mats in in the hospital as soon as you come out the, the doctor's office <laughs> <laughs> on the yoga mat step on, step on busy yoga mat and, <laughs> you know and then and yeah. Start. yeah I definitely think so well, it's been really fabulous talking to you today, Hannah. Very fabulous talking to you too, Bambi. I'm really, really grateful that we've managed yeah. to do this. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just, I'm excited to see what you do next and how how this goes. And you know, I I have visions of you teaching little kids with visual impairments how to kind of balance themselves. And, and so by the time they're older, they they're they're fine. They're, they'll they be can, absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. Are you thinking that you might do classes that? Yes. Soon or yeah. Yes. So that's like the grander, grander plan. Once it's it's possible to do. Yeah. Um, I would like to host at least a weekly class. So I'm based in London, mm -hmm. and um, I would love to at least host a weekly class and maybe go into you know like host workshops and yeah. stuff and go go places to to support um for for the visually impaired but also you know eventually maybe for teachers if they want to learn a little bit more how to accommodate someone yeah. if they come into their class mm -hmm. um with a visual impairment and the tricky bits with that at the moment is um obviously we're still in in pandemic times mm -hmm. 
And um, if I were to host a class, um, which I really would like to do because in the podcast, I can only do so much. And in a class, you can actually go a little bit deeper into a little bit complex poses and yeah. things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will need physical assistance. Yeah. Um, and um, that, unfortunately, at the moment, is just not, not, yeah. not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't want to start it half-hearted or, mm-hmm. you know, so when I'm starting it, and I will, mm-hmm. um, manifesting this, um, then I want to be able to have some assistance there who can individually help um, the practitioners yeah. um, the students as they go through their flow mm-hmm. and where I can actually really, you know, build a little bit of a community, but ultimately not mm-hmm. to have that their only class where they can go to. But as I said already before, it's like, okay, this is a place where you can come to Mm -hmm. so that you can then go and do your classes Mm -hmm. with confidence, whether it's with me or with a different teacher and where you don't feel like you have to depend on them, including you, but where Mm -hmm. you can just include yourself because you have enough knowledge to bring with you. Um, Because unfortunately, the yoga studios just yet are just, you know, not set out to, to be inclusive enough for, for people with visual impairments, it's just what it is. Um, I mean, they're trying, mm-hmm. um, but I think... That's like lots of places, though. Yeah, they, like they try, yeah. you know, which is good, but mm-hmm. you can do better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's about just working with the people that are actually concerned about it and then sending them out. It's like, you've got all the knowledge that you need and now you can, yeah. you can go. Absolutely. So that's, yeah, there is definitely the plan of doing that. So yeah. I'll, I'll keep you posted and maybe one day I come your ends. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're not that far away now. We're, you know, I'm in the North of England, you're in the South. So yeah, maybe yeah. We'll, we'll do a workshop. The train we'll ride. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. love that. Great. It'll be really good. Really, really good. Yeah, so tell um, everybody where you can, and I'll link it all in the show notes as well, but let everybody know where they can find you, connect with you, that sort of thing. Okay, so the podcast is on all the platforms that you can find, Um, and it's, um, so it's distributed by Anchor, and it's called Hero Yoga for the Blind. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people find it the most convenient to access it via um, the Apple podcast, yeah. Um, I think that's the most um, inclusive app where you can yeah. play it from. Mm-hmm. But there's other apps that you can use. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Instagram under Heru at um, Heru. Yeah, Heru Yoga for the Blind. Yeah. And my name is Hannah Woblewski. You can also find me under that, which is a very tricky, tricky name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just, um, it's cool, yeah. tricky, tricky to find. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you have my email address. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to spell it out now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll put that yeah. in the notes as, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the kindest thing to do yeah. <laughs> with that surname. Um, so you can find me. You can find me on Instagram. My both my accounts are linked. Um, yeah. I'm always happy to receive emails with questions, suggestions, feedback, concerns. You know, everything that's out there um, that I can, you know, 
do better at in the podcast or anything that people want included or that they come across on their daily life. And it's like, I really want to learn about, you know, yoga poses that could help with lower back pain or whatnot, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, give me a shout. Brilliant. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I'll put everything, I'll put everything, um, link everything in, in the podcast and maybe, yeah, people try it out and, and let myself and Hannah know how you're, how you're getting on with it and, and, and what you think, whether you're sighted or visually impaired or yeah. you, you, know, you care for someone who's visually impaired, maybe they can, they can try this out and this can be that kind of step into something, you know, that, that, that spurs them on to be more physical. Yeah. And to, to strengthen that part of their lives that will like Hannah says lead into all kinds of different into into different things yeah so that's great yeah thanks so much Hannah and I hope we see you again I've really enjoyed this conversation yeah me too it's been great so hopefully we'll get to do more things for the for the community and see where I love that I really enjoy that I'm glad we connected. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The little world of Instagram. <laughs> it has its uses. Sometimes I uh, know Instagram just <laughs> I get stressed with Instagram, but you know, it has it definitely has its it has its benefits. Definitely has its benefits. Okay, well you take care. You too. We'll speak soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Hannah. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Hannah for joining us today. You'll find all of the information that you need to connect with Hannah in the show notes. Here are the very important points to take away from this episode. Number one, inclusion is about give and take. Ability or disability, we can all learn from one another. Number two, just because you don't have vision doesn't mean that you don't have vision. Number three, move with intent and tune in to what is going on internally. Number four, roll out the mat and just start breathing. Number five, there is so much wisdom in our bodies. We just have to slow down and listen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it with someone else who you think would benefit from hearing this conversation. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the She Is A VIP podcast wherever you listen. It would be great if you would leave a review as this helps others find the show too. So until next week, remember that you are not just a VIP. Remember that you are a very important person who holds a very important place in the world and that you have a very important purpose to fulfill.